And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Alright. No more hour and a half Walking Dead Wednesdays. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't get... <laughs> I don't get to tell my fish story. Fish story? Oh, yeah. Well, because I had to name the fish tonight when we got the fish for my son. That He got got that glow tank for his birthday. So we had to go buy a test fish yesterday. I'm like, what? So this will be like the the guinea pig fish to see if the the water will kill it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Are you really at that basic of an experiment where you're going to see if water kills a fish? Well, apparently there's the... Oh, dude. My wife's telling me, well, we have to wait a day before we can put a fish in. I'm like, just put it in the water. So we go to the fish store, uh, the pet store, and uh, they tell us... um, Now, this is last night they tell us, oh, well, you should wait two days. Well, the instructions say one day, and it says put the stuff in. No, no, you should wait two days. I was like, well, you know what? Give me a $1.99 test fish. I'll throw it in there and see if it lives. Hey, he lived. All right, let's go get some fish tonight. So we go tonight to a different place, and um, the girl asks us, well, how long have you had the water in a tank? Uh, t- two days. Oh, you got to wait two weeks. I'm like, two weeks? What am I going to wait two weeks for? Oh, the nitrogen levels? I'm like, just give me some fish. All right. So the test fish... Give me all your fish. Give me your fish. To go, 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 go. So the uh, the test fish I bought yesterday, we named him. Uh, he, he had a red head and then a, like a see-through body. So I named him Fred Dormammu. <laughs> I thought you were going to make some sort of albino joke. Oh, no, no, no. I was like, see, it, but Ben was like, who's Dormammu? I'm like, the Doctor Strange villain. He's got the head of flame. He's like. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think my son was just humoring me. Right. And then, sure, and, Dad. <laughs> Dad's crazy. So then we bought three more tonight, and uh, they didn't like the names. One was pink, so I called him Pinky, and of course we had to have the brain. Hey, that's uh, original. So <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we got Pinky the brain, and there was this little tiny one in there, and I said, all right, well we'll call him Rockwell. Oh, you didn't name him Tiny? No. But no, we called him Rockwell because it's like, you know, always feels like somebody's watching yes. me. <laughs> God. There you go. And I get no <laughs> privacy. Whoa. But they he's going to last about as long as Rockwell, too. <laughs> now, now, when you mention you got a, a fish tank, is this like a, a saltwater tank or is it a specific type of tank or? No, it's just a regular tank, but it's got it's uh, it's got the blue LED black light to make things glow, and and you buy the special fish that are way more expensive than normal fish. Mm-hmm. The the glow that still fish. that still don't last at any time at all. I don't know. They say these fish could live for years. They could live for days. <laughs> but I have yeah. a thirty day I have a thirty day guarantee. The fish. But there's a catch. Yeah, the fish was oh, eight ninety nine. Boom. <laughs> oh, oh. I, they're like, the catch of the day. There's a 30-day guarantee on the fish, but but they said you have to bring back a body. <laughs> bring back a zombie yeah, fish. Or yeah, something. mess with them. Bring back like yeah, go to the store and get a nice like salmon or something. Like, I don't know. It's just brutal, <laughs> massive proportions. I think I overfed it. 
It was and, this and, little tiny thing last night. We came in in the morning. All the other fish were gone. This one's in there. And all the water was out of the tank. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they say, you you have to bring back the fish and a water sample. I'm like, what? The... So that we can see if you yeah. killed or, you know, what killed the go fish. Go buy a salmon and piss in a jar and go back there and go, here you go. <laughs> the Walking Dead. Hello, and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday, number 33. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I am here with my two succinct guests, Sean Engel, guests, co-stars. I wanted to say co-host, but I like co-stars better. Hmm. Yeah, it makes it, it makes me feel like, you know, the Battle of the Network stars, and I can be, uh, I can be Gabe Kaplan, why not? I was going to say Linda Carter. Well... That other voice you hear is Dr. William Robinson. Hi, everybody. Remember to spay and neuter your cows. <laughs> Once again, you're always wishing you were with Linda Carter. <laughs> Listen, let me oh, say wait. something about that right now. Don't wish you were Linda Carter. You know Scott Gardner, all right? If you were <laughs> Linda Carter, you would have that guy at your door every day. You know, it was come surprising. on, Doctor Bill. Just let me touch him once. Can I just see him, <laughs> please? Speaking of people that you're fond of, Bill, um, Uh-oh. what was it? We uh, we just covered on the vault. This should be coming up here in like a couple of months, maybe. Uh, the latest, well, not Friday the Thirteenth movie, but the the latest Jason movie, Jason Goes to Hell, mm-hmm. uh, starred uh, Aaron Gray in it. Ooh, and we we did not. Uh, you know, I completely forgotten that Aaron Gray was in it, and she plays a pretty significant role in it. So that gives you an impetus to not only listen to the show, but uh, go and seek out uh, Jason Goes to Hell, so you can. I don't think I've seen that one. I, I yeah, yeah, skip. it's great. I... It, it's really one of the best ones. Shut up! Don't tell him. <laughs> He's gonna watch it at like four in the morning. What the hell? Sneak out of bed in the middle of the night and like yeah. turn on the TV real quiet. The last one I saw was Jason. X when he's in space. Yeah, we'll be getting to that one later. That's the next yeah. one. Uh, next one in line for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last one before the reboot. That was like yeah. or before Jason versus Freddy. Mm-hmm. Like half of that movie starred the cast of Andromeda, the TV show, because two of the people on there were from that TV show. the the uh, The woman that plays the uh, the robot, and the other woman that gets killed in the be or not killed but gets. Attacked by Jason and gets frozen with him. Hmm. But on the Andromeda show, the woman that gets attacked in the beginning, she played a, a hologram, and the other woman was real. So it's it's very uh, like uh, John Self-French- F. Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth, book depository theater type right. flip floppy thing. Okay, stuff. whatever. <laughs> okay. Trading on their secretaries last names yeah there you go yeah that whole that whole weird quirk of uh you know thousand monkeys typing on typewriters can spit out jason x i would pay good money to see a thousand monkeys typing on typewriters i'm very surprised some performance artist hasn't set up that experiment yet well you could probably go to any college campus right now right (laughs) they're all just typing on laptops instead the amount of poop fleeing there would be just extraordinary. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Poop free. 
<laughs> oh, don't go back to the furry conversation. That I did. <laughs> no. Never mind. Poor furries. So, Walking Dead. You're not going to find any furries in the world of The Walking Dead. No. But uh, uh, as of recently, we've uh, in the comic, we've seen people uh, dressing up in costumes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. costumes made out of dead zombies yeah. flesh. But, yeah, that's something. It's so weird because the continuity of this show, which is running far behind the like the TV show and the comics, is weird with its like lineups and non lineups because right, you know, like as we record now, there's there's the current storyline in Walking Dead that's going on, but then there's a current storyline in the TV show, which is kind of lining up right where we are in in the comic that we were doing today. Mm-hmm. Is is right about where, oh, what was it, season four that just wound up, right? Uh, yeah, we yeah, just hit the, the mid-season. Break. So we're right, in, we're right, sort of. You know, I mean, they're totally different stories. I mean, Dale's still around in the in the comic right now, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we're just getting. Although we're just getting into the hunters story in Here. this, yeah, and it's already been kind of finished in the current TV show coming out. Right, right. But, you know, just recently they kind of... Now, unfortunately, I missed the episode where they had the sort of Abraham reveal where it was very similar to what we got in this in the this book that episode. we'll be covering today. Yeah. So, um, oh. know, it, it's, you know, it, it's interesting how the, how the comic that we're covering right now and the TV show are kind of intersecting. It's kind of lined up even though they're not exactly in the same story arc area they're getting there you know mm-hmm. well and like we've said before the tv show is covering its own ground it's yeah it's taking uh, elements from the comic but it's also being its own thing which is which is nice you don't know exactly what to expect but you're not going well this isn't the walking dead because they didn't do x y and z so well if you know also in this comic they've got this comic brings back morgan mm-hmm. and uh, who is on his way to I'm assuming coming back, and I, I'm assuming it's probably going to be one of the elements of the second part of the, the season, of season four, because they ended on the mid-season break with with a pretty definitive end of the storyline that they were that they were doing then. So, yeah. so it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's just sort of the characters are lining. It's we're at a place now where the TV show and the characters are all sort of lining up. For probably a short period of time, just a second, <laughs> and then they'll skew off again. But it's just really interesting how Kirkman, through the TV show, makes sure to sort of put in all the all the character development or or all the issues that he raises in the TV show somewhere, you know. And it might not even be with the same characters, but it might just be in a similar fashion or, or, you know, something like that. You know, we've already, uh, we've, we, we covered psychopathic, sociopathic children in sort of the same way, but a different way. Yeah. We haven't got, we haven't quite gotten to that yet. So we'll, we'll be getting to that. And yeah, the, it's, it's nice to see that the TV show is at least taking a bit more from the comic than it did in previous seasons because that was 
again, like I'm saying, for me, that was one of the things that diminished the TV show because it didn't feel it was just the trappings, the walking dead. It didn't have the feel of it. So now they're now they're doing a good mix of it. And I'm I'm really enjoying the show a lot more. You'll have to wait till next episode to hear about another TV show. Mm-hmm. But this time I heard you've lovingly prepared. Yeah, with the uh, synopsis. Yeah, it's with the uh, holiday season coming along. I, I did <laughs> I've a been little... very interested to see how you can <laughs> we're going to make this issue <laughs> into I, a I, holiday themed issue. I, I don't think it's going to necessarily uh, fit in with the. Uh, is it going to fill you uh, with the Christmas spirit? I don't know if it's going to fill you with the Christmas spirit, but it is um, written in the style of uh, Clement Clark Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas. Uh, oh, what we've got here is uh, Walking Dead number 58. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. It's yes. beginning to look a lot like walkers <laughs> everywhere I go. Okay, now you go. Okay, thanks, Bing. Um, <laughs> the cover date was February 2009. Release date was February 11, 2009. Had a cover price of two ninety nine in the U.S., the writer and uh, the writer was Kirkman. Penciler and inker was Adler. Gray tones and cover color, cover color was Cliff Rathburn. Letterer was Russ Wooten. Editor Aubrey Citron. Citrusson. There you go. Twas the day after Quarrel's near rape, somewhere near Kentucky, when Abraham opens up on his history unlucky. He tells of his family held up in a store with people he felt he could trust even more. But one day when he went out on a quick supply run, the people inside felt it was time for some fun. They raped his poor wife and made his son watch. But when Abraham returned, he kicked it up a notch. The things that he did to the goons were unspoken, but the horror had left his family's trust badly broken. Fearful of him, they all left not knowing their fate, and when Abraham found them, it was all far too late. Wife and son were both eaten, the daughter undead, and poor Abraham had to put a shot to her head. He tells of the horrible man he's become, but Rick consoles him, saying that he's not the only one. He tells him of Dexter, Martinez, and Phil, the evil, evil men, two of which he did kill. Rick says this is what we do to survive, when Coral chimes in about foes not alive. He tells how he once shot a man in the neck, he was frightened at first, but later thought, what the heck? <laughs> With stories completed and feeling released, we cut to the sword-wielding lover of Tyrese. Michonne dispatches zombies with Katana to head, while a grumbling Dale wearily climbs out of bed. He tells Watro Andrea that they need to get out, to find a safe home with no zombies about. But their talks of departure are shelved for the moment as Rosita and Eugene hear Andrea's odd comment. She asks why someone as smart as Eugene would maintain a mullet that would make Swayze green. Good question. <laughs> mm -hmm. He replies that the design makes him seem like a fool, but Superman once had it, so it has to be cool. Michael Bailey's going to hate me. Now who should approach but to lighten the mood, but Michonne who now feels that they're running low on food. Eugene feels it's wise to take stock of their stores, while Dale scans for safe home, and Michonne hacks zombies some more. Now what to our wandering eyes do appear, but Rick, Abe, and Coral at a familiar house near. The lawman turns the house with the hope of making their group double, but gets wanged on the head with a shovel for his trouble. 
turning around on the ground to see what is the matter, Rick sees Crazy Morgan ready to make his head splatter. Realizing the person is truly no foe, Morgan brings his friend near with something tragic to show. Entering the house, seeing bones on the floor, Rick spies the boy Dwayne, his face covered in gore. Three months earlier, Morgan says his son, his young son was bit, and since then random strangers he's been feeding to it. With a tear in his eye, Rick hands over his gun and says to friend Morgan that he knows what has to be done. As Rick turns from the home to return to the car, a single gunshot can be heard from somewhere afar. And as the quartet packs up to leave this eerie sight, the freed Dwayne walks the hallways and off into the night. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> bravo, bravo. It, it, it wasn't quite as good as the as the uh, Apocalypse Now one or the uh, Dr. Seuss one, but you know, I tried. I, you know, I like that we're establishing that, that his name is Coral now. Coral. Well, since you since you oh. finally did it the last episode, I figure I might as well just follow along. Might as well be yes. Coral from now on. Yeah, it, I, it, it, rewatching the shows, it, especially Andrew Lincoln, he does he does put that little O in there. So yeah, <laughs> I, the, the, I, uh, this just reminded me the last time we saw Morgan and his son was like a little Christmas special. Oh yeah, where Morgan got yep. like a little video game for him for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I got him a little old uh, Game Boy or something. Like, yeah, he was all excited. Unfortunately, you know, he probably was able to play it like a day and a half, and then the battery's dead. So he, he probably couldn't even find all that many Pokemon, which is sad. Pokemon, Pokemon. Yeah, kind of a downer of a, a weird, weird like for the first part of it was basically. Like a session at the psychiatrist's office, and I like where where Carl, you know, chimes in with the big boys. Hey, me hey, too. I killed somebody too. It's kind of weird because Rick goes from aghast at what Abraham is telling him to resolved and you know accepting of what's going on. Uh, I'm looking at that page where he's talking about how he had to kill the guys who had raped his family and he's looking all, you know, and then he hears that the, the family ran away and he had to shoot his daughter and Rick's looking all shocked and everything. But the next page he's like, look, you know, I had to do the same thing and this is what we do. Well, yeah, this, this is similar to his, we are the walking dead speeches where it's sort of a, mm. I don't know if he's has the epiphany here, but it's, but you know, it's where he's like, look, you know, we're we're those people who had their that switch turned too. You know, we're we are also had that switch turned off. You and I could do anything <laughs> to survive or protect somebody or whatever, you know. Their 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 moral compass is tossed out the window now. And he was just like, But you know what? It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, because the people that can't throw that switch are the ones that are trying to eat us. And the people who are sort of just in between of the extremities of that, you know, who aren't quite as extreme with their switch throwing are, Bait. are still surviving. But they <laughs> they depend on Rick and people like Rick, Rick and Abraham. Yeah, Rick yeah. and Abraham. And, and it's funny because Abraham sort of has added to the group as sort of, I think, personally, is sort of to fill the vacuum of Tyrese. 
Yeah. You need a certain, you know, once you have a certain size group, you probably need so many, a certain number of alphas to, you know, I would, I would, I would also put Michonne in the alpha, you know, Michonne, Abraham and Rick being in the alpha position right now. Which is kind of weird considering where the TV show is right now and that we have Abraham, Rick and Tyrese. But Tyrese is not really. He's not an alpha. He male. he's been kicked. Yeah, he's been kicked back to, not yeah, not the alpha male role. But he seems to be kind of coming back a little bit. But but that's jumping far far too head outside of what we're covering tonight. But now earlier, Sean, you said you haven't seen the TV episode that deals with um, Abraham's it, story. It was the it was the one episode I was like dog tired that that weekend. And I was like, okay, I've got to stay up and watch this. And I said, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll lay down in the bed for like 30 minutes. I'll catch a little nap and I'll set the alarm. And I hit the snooze button and like 8.15, I got up and watched it. So I missed like the opening part of it. And I'm assuming it went similar to the way the story in, yes. the, in this issue did. This issue filled in a lot of, a lot of holes was- because they didn't explain anything. It just opened up with him basically killing guys with a can of beans yeah just mashing their face with a with a can and, and his family were... just stared on, on on in horror but they but they didn't explain anything it was all the whole thing's done in flashback and nothing is really explained you gotta have to just gleam it but by what you're seeing uh, but once again you can't take this as because there's nothing in the tv show to hint at anything rapey happening to right. his family, it's, right. uh, they just seem trauma, and and that's and the TV, and that would make sense with the TV show, which sort of scales back. Yeah. So, but this it it's yeah this this story makes the the little flashback you get in the TV show make a lot more sense. Well, mm-hmm. see, that's I can understand why they wouldn't want to put in. Uh, a story about uh, someone's wife getting raped and their son having to watch because that's right. that's pushing some boundaries. And yes, Walking Dead and AMC in general does like to push boundaries, but I think that's probably a line that they're it's, not comfortable at crossing. It's different. You can go a lot deeper and more horrifying with that stuff, I think, in a comic or in a book form because you can read it slowly. You can put it down for a minute. Mm-hmm. If you want to, I mean, you can do that with a TV show too. But a TV show sort of sucks you into a reality and carries you through it. So it's a lot more visceral in the moment. Whereas if you're, if you know, I mean, there's been a couple times when I put down Walking Dead comics and just been like, "Whoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, whoa, let me just take a breath here and uh, just take it. You know, let me process what I just took in there." Well, now for some my typical flippant, 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 yeah, the flippant uh, off comment, off color comments. Uh, does anybody think Rick looks like Iggy Pop in this section? Rick <laughs> looks uh, in this this episode. Rick, yeah, he's emaciated. Look, he does look a little emaciated, and Dale sort of looks like a fat Rick <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. How's how's Dale maintaining you know such girth during the? Uh, the hard times of you know not finding things to eat. He's just a husky guy. I Him guess and Eugene, so. they're both talking about food. I'm like, yeah, maybe you guys should stop eating so much. Well, they are. <laughs> they were talking about eating. They're like, well, we're eating more than you know our stores, 
you know, yeah. we should be hint, according hint, to what we have. Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted Carl, excuse me, Carl, when he uh, pokes his head up to to do that line from the old Time Life uh, Wild West books. You know, it's a, I once shot a man for snoring too loud. <laughs> yeah, I thought that I thought the little scene where they're all where they're all, you know, yeah, like you said, basically going through their therapy session was, was really neat. And I think it worked worked out well that that Coral uh came in and said that because it's gonna make it's gonna make a nice bond between him and his dad. His dad's always been very protective of him. But I think this is one of the things which allows Rick to to let his son get away with it. not really get away with more things, but to realize that his son is becoming a bit more capable of handling himself. So, you know, and throughout this thing, well, the Rick's kids reacts, processing is they're, they're they're processing their trauma right there, mm-hmm. and and throughout the little session, Rick reacts more with more horror to Abraham's story than he does to his own son. So it, it seems that he's being a bit yeah. more accepting of, you know, what, uh, what well, Coral had to do. He was, <laughs> well, he was there when, when that happened too. So mm-hmm. well, plus after, uh, he tells him that he, he hugs him and Abraham looks as they're hugging. And then he looks away as you know, he's because he's, you know, obviously he doesn't have his family to comfort him, so it's kind of sticks to him a little bit. You know, sticks in his gut. Kind of awkward, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and it's it's good storytelling by Adler here with with just that that those simple couple of panels. You know that you can tell that Abraham's hurting because he's seeing these two people. You know, this family that has each other and he has none. So it's yeah, because it's even good storytelling. You know, even when he's looking at them, his face is is well lit. And then in the next panel, it's all exact same picture, except he's turned away, and now his face is in sh- is in darkness, in shadow. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's because you know he's, he he turned his head, but I think it adds a little bit to it that you know shows the dark, the brooding inside him. Well, yeah, there's another shot later on when they're just getting up to pulling up to Morgan's in their old house, and uh, it's a, so it's with uh, Rick's driving and Carl's in the middle and. And he's looking the oh, other yeah. way with his face pretty much, uh, you know, darkened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very this. The, I mean, he's a Adler's a very cinematic artist. He reminds me a lot of Frank Miller, and he reminds me a lot of like Frank Miller mixed with I can't remember the artist's name. Um, there was a weird survivalist called The Survivors, but it was like a survivalist comic story, you know, of like a prepper, <laughs> you know. Mm. after a nuclear war and how they survived afterwards and it has a sort of immediate sketchiness to it, it upon first glance but you know the the now that we're you know reading them the second or third time through you you see how much thought was put into them and how much composition and like one little detail that i noticed um what page is that probably page 15 after it's the it's it's half of a page panel where Michonne's walking off to a, a walker that's coming up to the camp. Now that walker looks like 
a police officer or someone in, in the army because if you see, it looks like he has a badge on his shoulder. Yeah, it does kind of. And he's got a stripe down the side of his pants and he has a holster in shadow on the other side of him. And it made me think that if they're going back to where Rick lived or close to it, that because wasn't there a deputy he didn't kill when they went yeah, back? Yeah, he the, just sort of left him sitting there at the fence. Yeah, which, I mean, we don't see what happens to this um, particular zombie. I just, I just thought it was like, because they could have just made him any plainly dressed zombie but there's like extra right. care taken to show him you know that this was this was a police officer this you know this i, I don't could know, be I don't a know. Poli- he could be a, a postman too i guess with those pants well yeah and he does have a gun oh well yeah no that's <laughs> no, i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> wow there no it's doggy that was pace. dark hey my stepdad was a postman <laughs> did did he carry a gun no comment Mm. Uh, one of the things I'm kind of wondering is a uh, couple of pages after that where um, Rick goes up to the house and encounters Morgan. And by encounters, I mean gets wanged on the head with a shovel by him. Swung. I'm wondering if that kind of mirrors what happened to Rick you know, the first time they encountered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, why wondering... think that's why he says, Dwayne, it's Dwayne. me. Yeah, because a little boy whacked him over the head. Yeah. And I'm wondering how... Uh, if these panels are sort of not really swipes, but homages to that uh, first issue where oh. yes, he met oh, up Oh, it with. definitely is, because I used that actual panel for the the Photoshop art for that. Okay. That episode way back when, I think I think that was when this was part of Comics Monthly Monday. Yeah, because it was, it, it was, was well I, before the prison that you, we did the offshoot and we started doing Walking Dead Wednesday. It was it, it was in like the the late twenties, early thirties. So this would have yeah been part of comics. Like Monday, one of the first issues it. too. And <clears throat> I remember the, the the title under it was like better than the shovel to the head. <laughs> it was basically the same picture. So sure, and yeah, and and him seeing that it's Morgan instead of Dwayne is a just a great way. To sort of foreshadow that something's gone bad, mm-hmm. something's changed, and it, of course it's the worst. Oh my God, it's Morgan Freeman from the Electric Company. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Morgan's become similar to the governor, you know. Yeah. Doing. Oh this, yeah. Sort of the same thing as the governor is. Yeah, but he doesn't say that he he said he 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 fed Dwayne people that tried to kill him that he didn't you know. Only like when he yeah, was defending maybe. himself. He didn't <laughs> Well, that's what he says. Yeah, maybe. What a man would do for his son, you know, so who knows? And I and I could see Rick being like Okay. <laughs> Whatever, you know, I mean at the at this point at this point you can you can overlook quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but See, I'm not remembering. I think it was it's in the TV show that had the trope of uh, Morgan seeing his wife get zombified and trying not being able to take her out. Yeah. And I don't know if it happened in here, but, you know, I thought he would have realized that, you know, the undead are undead. It's not how how I'm trying to remember in the TV show. Uh, uh, Of course, we haven't got there yet because Dwayne gets. It's they, not done by his mother, is it? Doesn't he let it? Does he let his mother in? I I, I don't remember that. I'm that, trying that, to remember because I remember the. It was like in the third. Yeah. In, in the I think third the season a, a, episode was called Clear because that's what Morgan's he keeps saying. Are we clear? Mm-hmm. It's where where he went to the the sort of abandoned city that was all right. booby trapped and everything, and he encountered Morgan, mm-hmm. and I 
think he told the story, but I can't remember exactly what happened. I thought to he Dwayne. I thought, I thought he let his wife in, or his wife, like his Dwayne, let his his mother in, or something. Hmm. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, I guess we'll been. cover it when we get there. Well, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, he knows Dwayne's dead, but I mean, I think we could pretty much say he would probably, if he got him to a shrink, they could would say he was legally insane. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> at this point, you know. So it was more of an insanity plus grief thing that was keeping the kid. I mean, but to the point of where you're feeding the kid too. That's that's, <laughs> that's bull goose crazy. But then again, I mean, that's just what um, Rick and uh, Rick was just discussing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, oh, you know, okay, I, I I just read Dwayne was killed by his mother in. In the, uh, in the show. Yeah, because it says uh, clear. While Rick is reading the chalkboard, a message catches his eye that reads, Dwayne turned. Later, Morgan tells Rick that he left Dwayne alone while he searched the basement. When he returned, he saw that Dwayne had his gun pointed at Jenny. Jenny was the mother. Yeah. But he couldn't do it, so Jenny attacked Dwayne. Morgan tells him, Rick, that he shot Jenny himself, but it was too late, and Dwayne was bitten. It, it is unknown whether Morgan put down Dwayne or left him to roam as a zombie. So even in the TV show, his fate's unclear. Yeah, because at the end, you know, we get the the idea that Morgan had disposed of Dwayne. But in the end, we see finally, you know, he just shot the chain, which, again, you can't just shoot a chain. But yet there it's a trope. But, you know, he he released his son. So, yeah, it's 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 difficult how we well, it's interesting how Kirkman portrays all these psychoses throughout the entirety of the of the series and how people deal with death and how people deal with turning into zombies and how some people are just resolute oh they're they're dead we have to take care of them we have to shoot them in the head and then some people just can't let go and we see yeah morgan can't get through all the stages of grief in this case he can't get to acceptance and, and kill them well and i think end I, them. I think it's interesting that we see another person you know not like the governor but we see on one side the governor who had the same resolve of not letting his uh, not letting his daughter who had turned into a zombie not killing her not doing that and what became of him and now we're going to see what becomes of Morgan who couldn't do the same thing with his son so it'll be interesting to see if there are any parallels or any um differences between the two characters mm-hmm. there are different kinds of crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean morgan was probably taught i mean the governor was talking to his, his quote-unquote daughter or whatever depending on whether what continuity storyline you're going by but i mean the governor had the sort of thing going where i mean both he and and uh, morgan know that the child's dead on a a conscious level or whatever, but the the governor was still insane, treating her like she was alive, but knowing that she was dead, and sort of using that to indulge like really dark desires, you know. So mm-hmm. he was making out with her and stuff. You yeah. took her teeth out and were yeah, making out with her and stuff. Uh... Really, really sketchy stuff. Why well, I imagine. <laughs> Morgan was probably like, remember your mother, Dwayne, you know, and like chucking him a a piece of steak, you know, or something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Either way, the end result's the same. Yeah. 
It's it's a, it's it's a weird. I mean, even when we were back on the farm at the CDC in the TV show, or where where people are like, hey, you know, maybe and and the doctor in Woodbury, on on the TV show, um, where they're like, hey, you know, maybe there's a chance to cure this or fix somebody who's a zombie. Really, just how do you fix like all the blood? You know. Rotting, you know, down to the organs. You're, you're sort of have a whole body that's rotten. It's not going to. Uh, well, there was some BBC functioning again, you know. There was some BBC America show. I didn't. I don't know if it started or if it just did a quick run or just disappeared. But there was something about like a zombie plague, and then they had found a cure, and these people came back, and they were semi-human, and it dealt about the. The resulting society afterward and the prejudice against the former zombies, half, you know, like you ate my father, you son of a, you know, but I didn't get a chance. I I don't know if it's coming out, it's been out, or if I just missed it. Do you guys know? I'm talking about nothing like that. You know, the only thing I've heard comparatively would be you know like the ending of Shaun of the Dead, where they, oh yeah, where they basically, you know, you you see Simon Pegg and Nick Frost down in the basement playing. Uh, right. PlayStation together, or out in the shed playing PlayStation together. Right. So, but you know that wasn't really a cure. You know, that was just a zombie. <laughs> he was just you know. That was just a joke that his friend wasn't that different. <laughs> really yeah, he, he hadn't really different changed from how you know what he was prior to right being you know eaten alive. Yeah, or half his eaten friend. Alive. His friend's personality was gone, but functionally their relationship was the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they in, still got together and played played Xbox or the yeah. PlayStation. But I mean, I'm and especially in the world of Walking Dead, you know, uh, I mean, whenever I hear like people talking and like we were talking just before the show about the um survival guides to zombie apocalypses and stuff like that. To me, if it happened in reality, it seems to me like a hey, winter what the <laughs> hell, man? Winter they're just going to be corpsicles all over the place and you could lop their heads off at, at your convenience and after oh, geez it doesn't take a human body you probably know better than any of us sean that mm-hmm. it doesn't take a human body that long before you know stuff starts tur- you know you have rigor mortis but then it's just like stuff tar- starts turning to liquid and mm-hmm. yeah and it's fluids yeah, yeah. start d- dumping and stuff like that so like uh, these walking corpses just would their skin and stuff would just start sliding off the bones eventually yeah and and there there are elements out there the heat like you said the heat and the cold eyes you know (laughs) flies bacteria you know even natural predators you know if you you know assuming that like carrion predators like wolves or coyotes or someone could come across these things and eat them and not get sick if, you know, if they can do that. Because, heck, you know... Even if they did get sick, that might not stop them from pulling off a hunk yeah. here and there. So, uh, you know, you're going to get you're gonna get these things that really have no defense against packs of wolves or, you know, predators. And, yeah, flies, uh, microorganisms, yeah, but, and yeah, but, it's going to stop a, a zombie plague pretty quick. Pretty quick, yeah. 
Well, with packs of animals, when it like once they get beyond a certain rot point, they're not going to want to eat them. But yeah, there'd be other things that would just dis- dis- yeah. dissolve well, them and eat. That's eat, you know, that's when you have flies and insects and yeah. you know microorganisms that are going to be uh, dissolving them through the natural process of putrefaction and you know decomposition. So come, come on, man! I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, hint, always eat dinner before Walking Dead Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I looked up real quick. The The show I was thinking is called In the Flesh. And uh, here's a quick, quick, quick rundown. Uh, the show, set in a fictional village of Thornton, Lanc- Lancashire, blah, 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 depicts life after the rising. During the rising, deceased teenager Karen Walker and thousands of other people who died in 2009 were reanimated as rabid zombies. The reanimated people were hunted down during the Pale Wars by armed militias. The medica- a medication was found to bring consciousness back to the undead, returning their minds to who they were before dying. Oh, that's what I want. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> the undead that were not killed by the militias were then rounded up and were given medication and rehabilitation by the government in a plan to reintroduce them to society. Why? They are they are given contact lenses, cosmetics, and daily injections of medication to help them conceal their partially deceased status. They are officially referred to as survivors of partially deceased syndrome, or PDS, and pejoratively known as rotters. Ah, yes. Many are haunted by returning memories of the atrocities they committed while rabid. In the extremist village of Rorton, PDSE suffers face prejudice from the villagers upon the return. So that's what the show is based off of. And it had two seasons. The first one was like three episodes. Uh, well, they call it series over there. And then the second series is looks like it's six episodes. Huh. See, I'm, I'm wondering why the government is paying a lot of money to... To make sure that dead people, people who have died and come back, have the opportunity to live. And they're going to be paying for their medication and paying for their uh, contact lenses and everything. They're dead. It was but, all an offshoot. You know, it, it was an offshoot of the super soldier serum. That's why. Oh, okay. Because they're trying to figure out how to bring their soldiers back. So oh, I mean, that wouldn't, that's people. You're, ta- you're, you're thinking through your American lens. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That's it. You know, there's a bit more socialization. In wait, the UK, wait. So. Let's put our English classes on. Right, blimey, let's bring them deadest back. Wait, I sound like I'm... Wait, that was more... That was more Australian, Australian, I think. Uh, I can't find my English classes. Our Australian listeners are going to be like, that was an Australian accent. (laughs) (laughs) When I put a monocle on, I speak German. That's alarming. (laughs) That was alarming? Did somebody just kill a dog? No, that's my... (laughs) ridiculous children it's it's getting near it's getting near finals it's getting near christmas and everything so they're all just acting crazy because they're all hopped up on sugar yeah they're all just uh, no i i love my children i do (laughs) it's so quiet around my house you know if if they you know if they were if they were bitten by a zombie i would make sure that i could kill people and bring them food that's and very nice. On a chain. And yeah. that's all you can ask of a parent. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I plan on winning, you know, parent of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Get in line behind Morgan. <laughs> I, I can you hear them down there? Not now. I okay, did. just ridiculous little uh, evens scamps. 
Yes, scamps. That's that's a polite uh, euphemism for what I'd call them. <laughs> the actual the actual term would be giant pain. Yes. Well, you could call them scabs. Then you'd have like other kids coming over to do your kid's job when they're on strike. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah. If you so, like to replace that. your replace your three year old, you get some seventeen year year old dude. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> tell the three year old, look at him. He washed the dishes in like fifteen minutes. What's your deal? My Barbie doll isn't doing it for me, Dad. <laughs> do something about this now. No, I could I could sit and play Xbox for three hours a day with a seventeen year old. That wouldn't be any problem. You Fine. suck, man. I can kick you all over the place. Headshot. Head Headshot. Nut shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, dude. I'm teabagging you. Yeah, what you want to do is you want to get somebody who's like house? 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Crack a beer and... All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. I no, think they... that's that could be a potential business, like adult <laughs> surrogates for kids. We take the kids for the day, put them in a pen, and replace them with a with a you know uh, equally aged you know age ranged pal. Does all your kids chores and then plays video games and drinks beer with you at the end of the day. Oh, hmm. oh wait, let's hey we could even refine this into the more ex- we could have tiers where it's like a supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> now that's now that's a program that I'd be down with. Yeah, then you'd want to have like five kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What could you afford, Mister Angle? Well, Every let's family see. would be the Duggars then. Yeah. This is our. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, well, I've got a little bit more money than the. Uh, uh, oh, what's that one with the that stupid little kid? Uh, honey Boo Boo. Yeah, yeah. Here's the Honey Boo Boo tier. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Uh, why does Honey Boo Boo get you? There, this is like the second show in a row that Honey Boo Boo has been brought up on it. Oh, God. Please did we don't. bring up Honey Boo Boo last time? No, I no, I actually did a profit show with uh, Michael, or not with my, with Andy and Paul. And oh, yeah, Honey the one Boo that Boo got I, brought up. The one that I no, bowed out on. Yeah. <clears throat> That's because I fell asleep watching that second episode. <laughs> brought up like a tainted taco. Storyteller. Ugh. <laughs> Tainted Taco. Yeah, we were talking about Kim Kardashian as well, so Tainted Taco works well. Yeah. <laughs> tainted Taco. That goes well with that, you know, with the t- with, with the Tainted Love song. Well, Sometimes I've, I've got the Rumpa runs away. Oh. <laughs> I just wonder. I just wonder why Tainted Taco immediately led to <laughs> Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to think much about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christmas time is near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have have yourself a merry little Christmas, guys. Yep. For merry Dead Christmas. Wednesday. Next year will be or next year. Yeah, it will actually be next year mm-hmm. when next we year come back. We'll be back on the farm for the TV show. 2015, five years after the year we made contact, it never happened. With the farm team. Well, we can wait for Jodie Foster to make contact with, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey and and her. You know about Jodie Foster, right? I don't think she's going to be making contact with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) 
<laughs> a tainted taco. <laughs> My special dude is gonna help me well. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search two true freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find two true freaks on Facebook. Just search for two true freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about two true freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, Soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.